Hello, fellow Realtists. I am Amber Lewis. And I'm Rob Pasker. And we are your Realtist Real Talk podcast team. And we are here today with Chris Senegal, a social impact developer. This is Mr. Buy Back the Block. Yes. Come on, or man. better known as. <laughs> welcome, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome all the way from H-Town, huh? H-Town down. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So. For those that don't know, if you just if you just happen to just catch the episode, we're here in Washington D.C. Congressional yeah. Black Caucus Foundation annual legislative conference is going down. NARAB had a session yesterday, mm-hmm. state of emergency, buy back the block, and we had a panel of some power brokers in real estate, and Chris was among them. Mm-hmm. And we only got a snippet of his story, so we had to bring him back <laughs> for here so we can get more sauce. Because Van Jones yeah. was trying to pull the juice about you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gave us a little bit, Van's like, you know, nah, we know there's more in there. Right. See, I was trying to follow the, the uh, instructions because we had timelines and short windows to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, trying to stay within the guidelines, follow instructions for, you know. So tell us a little bit more because I know people were hungry to understand mm-hmm. who is Chris. Tell us your story, how you got mm-hmm. here. There's probably a wealth of people like I want to be him one day. Okay, well, yeah, so I started off, I went from being a teenage dad, uh, getting kicked out of school, in middle school, to graduating college on a full academic scholarship, engineering, got in the corporate world, and I hated it. So after the first year, I said, I'm going to figure out my shortcut, my early exit strategy. Um, so I started to, got into flipping houses. Mm-hmm. Did that for a few years, and I realized, man, the way we're taught to flip houses by people outside of our community actually accelerates gentrification inside of our communities. Mm-hmm. So I decided to hit reset, and I was like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. Talked to a bunch of people. Everybody just gave me the same old run around, and it's just, just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm used to solving problems. That's what engineers do. Right, um, right, right. I just, I, the collegiate route just didn't fulfill it for me. So this entrepreneurial route is where I went. And um, just started realizing, man, there's opportunities in our own communities in every city because we built those neighborhoods uh, mm-hmm. before desegregation, uh, our three or four uh three or four generations back were actually freed slaves and they built these communities. Absolutely. And so there's no reason why we can't rebuild these communities. 100%. And so um, uh, my, my shortcut came in like 2013 when I realized, hey, there's people that are inheriting a whole bunch of real estate when when, when their parents pass away that they don't want. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I realized is you can set, get owner financing from them. So instead of going to a bank, say, hey, I'll give you this much down, may give you payments on over time. And that's how I literally started buying blocks in okay. 2013, 2014, before it was a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would go into the neighborhood that I knew gentrification was coming, um, and I would talk to the families, um, get them on board, and make it a, a win-win for them, too, because they, they get passive income. Absolutely. It's like being a landlord but not having any responsibilities, because now I'm paying the taxes, I'm paying the insurance, mm-hmm. I'm returning right. everything, and they're mm-hmm. making money. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I got into that, and then um, some of the property I bought was commercial property. Um, and but it was blighted like old grocery stores and things like that and I would go to all the flagship chains and they would tell me demographics don't make sense there's no way that we would bring a store here because we're not going to be profitable Right. so we think it's all racism sometimes a lot of it just comes down to economics and business Yeah. so the, the first block I decided to remove the entire uh, block of commercial buildings that were just blighted mm-hmm. and do new construction homes and I targeted young black working professionals Okay. Um, I could target them because I was using social media before the project was done, hmm. saying right, what right. was coming right, so that right, I wasn't right. violating any fair housing. Act. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So long story short, that first project 
All of my buyers were young black working professionals. Wow. Um, all of them have over $100,000 in equity in their house now. That's and amazing. none of them were trying to be real estate investors. Right. But when we buy in our own neighborhoods that are going through revitalization anyway, it's only gentrification if we don't participate. 100%. And you know the values are going to double or triple in those areas. Absolutely. And that's exactly what's happening. That's absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you been in, been at it with the real estate game? Uh, 2008 is when I started. So you yeah. got in at the, at right, the crash. Right, right after college. Right after college. Yeah, during the crash. Yeah. Which, which as an investor, is the best time to get in anything. Buy while there's blood in the streets. Buy low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buy low. Yeah. 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 So I got into that way, flipping houses and doing wholesaling back then. I didn't get into uh, the new construction probably until like 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a transition. So, mm-hmm. I mean, me personally... I'm a real estate broker now. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a HUD certified housing counseling agency branch manager. Mm-hmm. But my foot in the door in real estate was through wholesaling. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, wholesale a couple of houses and stack, a, mm-hmm. stack some bands to build my supply chain and my tea company. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like for you, wholesaling was your entryway. Yeah, well, actually, so I, I started flipping first. Okay. And then, but then you know, the wholesale market gets to the point where the wholesalers get really greedy, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they absorb all the profits out of the deals. So then I decided, well, I need to the wholesale and source my own deals as well. Mm. So I did that for a while, too. Um, and then when I got into wholesaling, I got into the wholesaling um, network, I realized a lot of these people operate very unethically. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're tar- Holistically, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're targeting distressed people mm-hmm. and you know that there's this much value left in it and you're not mm-hmm. going to tell them you're going to take all the profit and then walk away and then post a check and that person is desolate. Mm-hmm. Know, that, that, so I, I didn't like that approach of the real estate. Now, there, there are ethical ways to do wholesaling. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. Um, but it should be fair and equitable on both sides Absolutely. of the transaction. Even, even if the other side doesn't know, you should be willing mm-hmm. to, to give us something that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I learned. I mm-hmm. To be to be transparent, I never got to the wholesale. I never wholesale the deal. I got everything yeah. together. I got the bandit signs. Yeah. Had the hotline, foreclosure hotline. Yeah. But my homeboy was third generation. Uh-huh. Realtors in his grandmother's brokerage. She's yeah. a black woman. They got a real estate license in 1963. He wow. told me, he's like, Rob, just get your license. Yeah. You know, because when you're wholesaling, you're, you're scraping the bottom of the real estate barrel mm-hmm. versus with a license, anybody becomes mm-hmm. a right. potential client. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, with that being said, with NARAB, how'd you hook up with NARAB? Well, the network in Houston um, is, is pretty tight. And I had kind of established a brand for what I was doing in the community. Um, so, I, f- I forgot who I reached out to first, but I've been knowing uh, Courtney Johnson Rose, who now is national president, Absolutely. for a very long time. Her, yeah. her dad is very prominent, probably the the, the most well known uh, black developer in the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, j- just being in her circle and uh, being invited in to come and speak at some of the events, Absolutely. so I've been a part part of it for a while. And yeah. what a beautiful juxtaposition, I think, in the partnership as well. You know, the fact that you have a background in investment and we have wire, you know, Mm -hmm. as a woman who's invested Mm -hmm. in real estate myself. And I know Rob was talking about third generation. I'm third generation myself Mm -hmm. to be able to see someone like yourself and be able to learn from that story. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing, especially as a woman investor, is the strategy that Mm -hmm. you go into it with. Mm -hmm. And you understood, Okay, this is where I'm going to lock in at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to create my own supply, mm-hmm. which is what you did at yeah. the end of the day. And yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times people who want to start to invest are like darting squirrels. They're mm-hmm. like, here's a property. I'm just going to buy the property. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure out later. Mm-hmm. But you had that strategy. Can you talk a little bit about in your partnership with NARAP, the fact that we have this holistic umbrella of our pillars and our strategy, mm-hmm. but how that also coincides with the strategy that you're focused on? Yeah. Before I get before mm-hmm. I, want, I want to answer one thing. We'll tell yeah. you about one other part of the project. Which Absolutely. Is, the most important challenge we always have is funding, access mm. to capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, the 
other part of the by the block movement is the actual creative ways to raise money for your deals. Mm -hmm. And so I use crowdfunding. Wow. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. in addition to doing the new construction, when we're bringing the higher incomes back, we also need to protect the existing residents in the community, and the, which is all our responsibility yes. as, as, yeah. as a, the real estate experts. Because most everybody, other, everybody in every other industry um, depends on us, mm -hmm. and they, they go. And that's usually the biggest acquisition or, or the biggest purchase that anybody makes in their personal life is going to be a home or something 100%. like that. Um, so they don't know the other side of the business. So uh, with the rental properties, that's who, when, when we are selling new construction in the neighborhood and bringing the higher incomes, mm -hmm. the best way to protect existing residents is to own the rental properties because mm -hmm. then you control the rents and you control what happens to the tenants in the community. Um, if we leave it up to the landlords and people from the outside, then there's always going to be gentrification. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do a, a million-dollar crowdfund. We bought an entire block of property, had 18 residents on it. Some of the tenants have been living there for 15, 20 years, um, mostly seniors, um, very low uh, rent rates, but none of them on Section 8. They're all like hardworking people. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were able to, between the community and social media, we raised like over 1,400 well, 1400 people raised a $1.2 Wow. Okay. We bought the entire block. That's we were amazing. able to keep everybody's rents of, about where they were. I'm talking about below 750, mm -hmm. That's just, which mm -hmm. is unheard of in the city. Wow, man. Um, but because the neighborhood, once again, is going through revitalization, the value in that area is going up tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we bought it for 1.2. Uh, the last appraisal we got is like 2.9. That's amazing. Yeah. That and we, amazing, and then there was two vacant commercial buildings on the property um, that we turned into. One is an event space and mm -hmm. one is like a creative space for podcast studios and mm -hmm. things like that wow. so that but those two spaces generate enough revenue where we don't have to worry about going to raise around on the tenants right now mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question mm -hmm. i'm tied mm -hmm. all together yeah uh, there's three things i believe that you need to be successful in anything you do in life and i call it my success triangle so you need the knowledge and experience you need the opportunity and you need the money the shortcut is to come to the table with one mm -hmm. and find the people that have and the, the two mm -hmm. yeah so in certain circumstances let's say i go find a piece of land um, and I'm, I'm going to go to a broker and say, hey, is this a good area to build in? What's the activity looking like over there? Um, or I'm, I'm going to go talk to a lender and say, hey, do you have any buyers interested in this area that you got pre-qualified? And then I'm, I'm going to take the knowledge and experience from, from that group and my contractor and my architect. I'm going to take the opportunity. And then I'm going to go try to raise the money for the project. So whether it's crowdfunding, whether it's a small group of investors. Um, but it, it's a whole lot better when you have that whole team set up in place and you can execute on things that it, it'll be impossible for you to do on your own. Like you said, people mm -hmm. just trying to shoot those shots in the dark. Right, right. So okay to be a copycat. You just got to copy off the right cat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you got mm -hmm. you to have a team of experts around you that can help you execute whatever vision you have. Mm -hmm. wow. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, as they say, right? You have an mm -hmm. expert that's on your team. I think that's also the key to development. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times individuals think, like, I have to have all of this money to be able to be a developer. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you don't. You just have to to your point in the triangle, have one of those things that yep. you can bring to the table yep. and find partners. Yes, mm -hmm. I think something that's that's astounding about what you've done is you've mm -hmm. allowed people to enter the real estate industry, get their mm -hmm. foot in the door mm -hmm. without much risk through through crowdfunding. Yes. Mm -hmm. So on, on the flip side of that, when you raise all of this money, you're mm -hmm. now responsible mm -hmm. to do what you said you were going to do. How do you deal with that that type of that that onus of yeah. liability yeah and something like that yeah well i tell you what so crowdfunding people may think of it as gofundme but it's not mm -hmm. right. people want their money back they want it back on exactly. time and they yeah. want a profit they want that so it's yeah. a big difference so for me i i knew that the regulations had passed and i had been doing other projects like even the new construction is a little more risky right because anything can go wrong from the time you buy the land to getting the permits approved to going into construction 
that could uh, push a timeline out or prevent your project from going through. So I feel like that was too risky to do crowdfunding for. But when you're buying an existing portfolio of rental properties mm-hmm. and a tenant's been there 15, 20 years, what's the likelihood that the revenue is going to go away when you buy it? It's mm-hmm. true. It's mm-hmm. hardly none. It's true. So, um, and plus it's in a neighborhood where, like I said, revitalization's happening. So the property value alone is going up. Mm-hmm. So if you buy it at the right price, in the worst case, you just sell the property, at least get the investors their money back. Wow. Second, the worst case, you don't make any money, but you take the rent profits and distribute it amongst the investors. Right. So then, so, so those are the type of nice. investments I'd, I'd see make sense. Gotcha. And it's something that, um, like my communication was clear in the front end. This is not a get rich project. This mm-hmm. is a social impact project. Mm-hmm. The returns aren't going to be amazing, but they may be on par with stock market or something like that, or, you know, eight to 10%, but it's guaranteed it's impact and it's long term. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're taking people's money, it, you can't really overpromise anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. You got to be very conservative. So I know the property value is going to double because right. it always does when when they when they go, when, they, when the hood turns over. We're not going to plan for that. Though. Yeah, we're not going to say that. <laughs> we can't say that. Yeah, but yeah, but the value is already doubled. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, I'm a I'm a firm believer when it comes yeah. to to business and service under promise mm-hmm. and over deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I can see how that works. For yeah. You. Yeah. So I mean, at a point, you told your story and. The activities that you, you you were doing, you felt were a detriment to your community, mm-hmm. and eventually you found a better way to impact the community. Mm-hmm. Did you see your brand growing to this level, taking you to this many places at that point? Man, I, I didn't. I didn't. But, you know, what I've learned is when you really focused on solving a problem a lot of people have, mm-hmm. then um, it, it's a lot easier for you to get exposure. People start talking about what you're doing in rooms you're not in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how the brand grew. Um, even when I did the crowdfund, raised over a million dollars, it was the first time it had been done outside of Tulsa Real Estate Fund. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't pay for any marketing, any ads. It was just yeah. conversations. People asking me to come on podcasts, wow. just off of social media. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it grew from there? Yep, and it grew from there. When you think through your strategy, especially you know as you scale and you think towards the future of everything, I hear a lot about, in the conversation we're having right now, about enabling the people that are in the community to stay, right? Mm-hmm. You're not displacing them. Mm-hmm. Is there something within that strategy to enable them to actually be able to purchase these homes and actually have real estate within their own portfolio, you know, in the future as well? Yeah, uh, so there's a few a few ways we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the, the properties that we own, we're making sure they're getting financial literacy training and those mm-hmm. types of things. Um, and I'm also working with the housing authority right now uh, to get what's called project-based vouchers. So it's like it's like Section Eight, mm-hmm. but instead mm-hmm. of the tenant having the voucher, the landlord has it. Mm-hmm. And so they they've observed what I'm doing. They know how the property values in the area are going up. Um, and so what they're willing to do is um, pay me more than what the tenants are paying to make sure I keep the affordability there. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but once, but once, once those once those tenants get yeah. get approved and that, that project gets approved to be in the program. They're actually eligible to go get a voucher afterwards if they want to. A lot of people don't know this. The Section 8 program, the legislation says that you can use that to pay a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We have that yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah. It's very Absolutely. big in Cleveland. So, so the goal mm-hmm. is to help them get their, their credit right. And then mm-hmm. instead of them moving into another rental property, we're moving them in to, to purchase, uh, to, to purchase mm-hmm. a house. And I have mm-hmm. a partnership with the land bank as well. Okay. So um, and a bunch of my... My, my close circle of friends or builders that build for the land bank that build affordable housing. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so we have that whole yeah. pipeline available. Yeah. So when you're thinking through your overall strategy, what I'm hearing is that you're vertically in, in aligned, mm-hmm. right? Which is great because mm-hmm. you can scale more efficiently mm-hmm. and faster. You know, a part of your business segment 
talking about the fact that you're trying to move some of these mm -hmm. uh, renters to homeowners in the mm -hmm. future. How does that also encompass your partnership with NARAB? You know, we've talked about buy back the block. You're mm -hmm. talking about investing. We have mm -hmm. wire. And now we're also talking about the fact that you can even purchase some of the properties. Mm -hmm. So where do you see the partnership with NARAB going mm -hmm. in the future, too? Well, I, I think that you you all are the, the, the core group that can help fulfill this mission in every city. Um, I, even with the rental properties, I mean, as you, as uh, realtors have uh, clients that want to be renters, they should be looking for projects like this, where it's collectively investment groups from the community focused on re rebuilding the community, making sure that these places stay leased up mm -hmm. so that it's profitable so we can go into the next project. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the new construction. When you see uh, builders or developers trying to do projects in our communities, make sure you, you, you make sure you let your clients know about these projects ahead of time. The go the more the more these projects that we can get pre-sold, the the faster that developer, that builder, that investor can go and do more projects in the community. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, you know, everybody has financial limitations, but the more you can take to a bank and say, "Hey, I already got everything pre-sold," the faster the bank will give you more money to go do more deals and yeah. more investors will come to the table. Mm -hmm. So you guys really are the core part of that, and that, that's the kind of the partnership I, I, I like. I want to have is like making sure the developers and the builders know they need to be working with NARAB mm -hmm. specifically, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make sure we have that, that success triangle. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to have more developers because we just announced yes. that we had a $500,000 yes. grant yes. for the Black Developers yep. Academy. Yep. So yep. it's about to go down. It man. is. Going up. Yeah. This is a place to be. So if you're not a member yet, shout out. Yeah, make sure you're a member. So yeah, you're, you're on the journey. We see you're on the journey, you're on the path. Mm -hmm. You're touching more people mm -hmm. every day, every month. Mm -hmm. Where, where what, what's coming up for Chris Senegal? Um, larger scale development. So uh, right now I'm the only um, African American development partner with the City of Houston Housing Authority. Okay. So we're doing a, um, a 85 million dollar deal right now. It's called wow. a 340 unit apartment complex, and we're bringing a top performing black charter school system in the country to Houston. It'll be the first Texas location. Wow. So it's just another part of the the the, uh, the mission, the goal, in order for business to thrive and. Um, you know, education will be better in, in our communities. Mm -hmm. We have to have a higher concentration of higher incomes, so demographics match, so mm -hmm. that the tax dollars match, mm -hmm. all other kind of things. So a lot of people that don't want to be homeowners, there you know, there's a lot of a big trend for renters right now. So the best, the fastest way to do that is to do a big multifamily projects, mm -hmm. right? So you bring a high concentration of higher net worth people in, or higher income people in. Um, and half of the building is affordable, mm -hmm. but the other half is market rate. Right, right. The other thing we always talk about in our communities why we don't want to move back first and why other people buy up all the real estate is because yeah. they talk about the public schools. Well, the solution is bring in your own high-performing charter schools that are already in existence with strong track records. Absolutely. You shortcut that process, too. Genius. Yeah. So so that's... That's, that's uh, exciting. The, yeah, so that's the second part of the process right now. Wow. So scale up and take that whole model and start having people replicate that from yeah. city to city. I can see that. Yeah. Within your development that you were just talking about specifically, are you using LIHTC, low income tax credit for that? Uh, I'm not. Okay. Uh, LIHTC makes the project very, very, very restricted. It, yes, it does. Yeah. And it, and it concentrates um, on certain demographic that mm -hmm. while there's a, an a, importance to look out for the, the lowest of the low, mm -hmm. that's not really what the community needs. We don't want to concentrate more of that over there. 
For instance, for the affordability component of my apartment complex, I'm focusing on entrepreneurs and business owners mm -hmm. because their tax returns say they make thirty, forty thousand dollars a year too, so they qualify. Mm -hmm. Well, if that business owner is anchored in that community and they're in a place in, a, in, a, in an environment full of other entrepreneurs, it's more likely their business is going to grow. Mm -hmm. It's more likely they're going to anchor their storefront or their retail or their office in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's more likely they're going to hire locally in the community. And it's more likely that they will scale up and then become the next homeowner and, and buy in that neighborhood as well mm -hmm. and f create a pipeline for more opportunities like that. So with LIHTC, it becomes very restrictive. Right. But what I am using is Opportunity Zone Funds. Okay. Because Opportunity Zone yes, Funds are sir. on the opposite end of that. They target the same demographic, but the investors that put the money into the fund still want high returns. Mm -hmm. yes. they're, they're not doing charity work. Mm -hmm. right, 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 right. So um, by taking this approach, I, I can kind of, Get cracked the nut on both sides. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you going to leverage or have you leveraged in the past like new market at all in your developer development or is the, the income bracket too high in some of your areas? No. Um, for most areas, like I said, yeah. the good thing about going, another really good thing about going through neighborhoods that are going through revitalization is mm -hmm. the demographics look really, really low. Mm -hmm. Even though you know in two years it's going to be completely different, it qualifies for all the programs. Mm -hmm. So new market tax credits is definitely something we're going to use on the second phase. Um, okay. So you are thinking about the, leveraging them? Yeah, okay. the charter school. The charter okay. School. The charter school. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. You've created a model. You create yeah. a model of people, so hopefully y'all yeah. paying attention. You're, right. <laughs> you're hearing some secrets, a little bit of jewels here. I hope you're writing it down. <laughs> well, you know, we appreciate we you do. coming. We, we appreciate do. your partnership. Thank you so much. You just blessed us because, like I said, on stage we didn't get enough. We did yeah, not yeah. get yeah. any of this. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. So we hope to see you again. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be on. Sure. Uh, well. We have Black Summit coming up. Black Summit's in Birmingham. In Birmingham. Okay. Why do I yeah. feel like Houston is on them? Houston, we have our um, our tour in okay. Houston. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. So well, we're there. excited for that. Yeah, sure. I'm sure you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah, be yeah, there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. With bells on, yeah. celebrating. We're excited Absolutely. for that. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Likewise, likewise, appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much.